All right, we're recording. Welcome to the Primo Podcast. I'm Zach Hayes alongside my brother, Phil Hayes here. Phil Hayes here, Primo at Primo Phil. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, we're our topic of conversation, we're gonna call it Small Fish Giant Pond. And by that, the giant pond being this the wonderful world of uh, the internet and online sales that we're we're dealing with, which is a, a beast to master, even if you're a uh, a large scale business. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we're not even a goldfish in this pond. We're we're we're, we're not a barnacle. Even plankton. Yeah, we're, we're a, nothing. We're a barnacle just trying to latch onto something here, and it's extremely difficult. And I think I think we're in the same boat as most people. I think you you see these brands who are really making strides and you know your your I think it's Bird Dogs they're a big uh, a shoe company that kind yep. of seem to come out of nowhere. Uh, you look at the past five six years, you heard a lot of Tommy John. Uh, it's the companies that you hear about when you're listening to different podcasts or you're listening to serious radio and they're they're showing out these ads. You don't necessarily see it on TV. No, I think maybe. Uh, I've seen a couple Tommy John commercials, but for the most part, these people are reaching their audiences directly through these really specified outlets, like your online radios, yeah. like your like your uh, targeted ads through Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So these are companies who obviously had a lot of capital to throw at that. We can't be competitive Not right out of the gates. We don't have that unlimited budget to just push out there and get our product in front of people's faces. So when you're starting so small and you're not going to see a lot of uh, progress right off the bat, how do you go through it, make sure you're doing the right things and that you're not getting discouraged in the process? Now that's tough. That's tough to not get discouraged in the process. But in my opinion, I think you use up all those free platforms. Like you said, we don't have, as a small business, we don't have the capital that Amazon has to go ahead and uh, advertise and you have to take advantage of all those free platforms. What would be the free platforms that you're referring to? I would Phil? say like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, basically anything that you can go on and promote your product. So you're saying you're you're looking at it from a perspective of build an audience naturally. Yeah, I, I would say so. Because why, why would you go out and pay, especially because... If you look at a lot of studies out there, I mean, everybody's on Twitter, everybody's on Facebook and all these uh, platforms. And it's like, you, why not put it out there for free? It feels like you're not going to really ever catch up though. It doesn't, no. And that can be discouraging sometimes. And I think that's where I uh, we've been caught in before is where you got to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Eventually you will get a following. The, gr the grind is tough. And I, I think we're starting to see on our end, at least, that some of what you're saying is working. You know, yeah. we're, we're building up a, a natural following. And one of those things that we're, we're, that I guess I could compare what we're doing most to would be like Muskamu with the outdoor apparel uh, retail line that we offer. Now that is kind of where we're building up that natural following online and trying to get it out there because being that small fish in our little town of Romeo here, mm -hmm. trying to sell it from a retail standpoint, people come in, they touch it, they feel it, they like it, but they can't do that when they just see a, a, an ad scrolling through their Facebook page. So, so even for us building up that natural audience, it, it helps, but nothing's better than getting that product in front of people. Right. So what do you think the best way to get it in front of people is? You got to give it away. 
Right. You got to give it away. Like the chili peppers say, give it away now. And it's so tough because that's something as a business, when you're already working on a smaller scale than these big businesses to just be giving things away, it's tough. So we, we tried to go to a company and say, you know, here's, here's our budget. What do we have to throw at you every month to, um, you know, to get our ads in front of people. We had a budget of about, it was about $400 a month that we were spending. We've been, we're lucky if we uh, made four to five sales off of that approach in the last six months. So your ROI or return on investment from that approach is, is minuscule. It's, it's, it's hurting us more than it's helping us. So I look at that and I say, okay, six months at 400 bucks a month, you're talking $2,400. If I could give away $2,400 worth of my apparel to people who are actually asking for it on our Instagram account, on our Facebook account, on our uh, Twitter feed, I feel like that would be a better return on our investment than just trying to, you know, hope something sticks by paying people a bunch of money to get it in front of people. Because we all see those Facebook ads when we scroll through. And it's how many, you might even click on it, but do you ever actually buy it? I mean, I'm sure some people do, but it's, it's few and far between. So that, that natural approach from a small business standpoint, I think is how you're going to build up that audience and say, Hey, you know, let's give it away and hopefully they like it and they'll come back as a, as a, as a customer who's going to buy the product. I know as a customer for me, when I get a free shirt, I mean, I want to tell people about it. And especially too, I know I have a lot of that, the Muscamoo stuff and it's great. The clothing's great. I actually just wore my uh, Muscamoo rain hoodie yesterday. I was out on the golf course. The canopy jacket? Yeah, it was great. And it came in handy. And I mean, it's something where when people get that free shirt, they appreciate it and they want to tell people about it. Now, are you, are you diminishing the value of the product by giving it away? I don't think so. Not at first. People, I think people are pretty... They, they understand that when you're starting off as a company like that, that that's what you need to do. At least I do. And there's a lot of things on Instagram you can do where it's like, you know, tag these people and, 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 you know, use our hashtag and tag X amount of people. And, you know, you'll be entered in our drawing to win stuff. So it's kind of a, a contest thing too. You don't necessarily have to give one to everybody, but you know, you pick one winner at the end of the week and they're the person who gets the free, uh, uh, Muscamoo goodie bag or the Primo goodie bag, where we're going to send you some of our favorite vintage t-shirts with our Michigan designs on them. And, you know, they're going to see the value and they're going to say, well, for 15 bucks, heck yeah, I'll, I'll buy one of these. I, I'm going to use it as a gift or, you know, I like this design, but I like this one better. So I'm going to go buy that one. I'm going to go to the site and purchase it there. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. But aside from just all the social media uh, outlets that you can post on and get an audience from, you got to figure out where you're selling the product to. You know what I mean? Yeah, because no, for sure. now it's not just have your own web store and you know, sell your product on there. You got to have it on your web store. And usually that's done through like a Shopify account or another platform that's really good for selling a product or retail sales. You know, that's where Muscamoo's hosted uh, from. But then we also, in addition to that, we're selling the same product on Amazon and we're having to fulfill orders straight through their platform as well. Because as we all know, everybody gets their stuff on Amazon. And if they can add your shirt to the cart when they're buying diapers for the kids or they're buying, you know, um, uh, whatever else they need for a gift or other items for the house, 
then yeah, it's an easy add-on to just throw that in there and you bundle it with some free shipping and now all of a sudden everybody's happy and they get their shirt in two days. Right, and that's actually, I looked at a recent statistic. It was a recent study done by the Digital Market Intelligence Company. It was a uh, Business Insider uh, article that said Amazon, they're, they're accounting for 54.1% of all of all U.S. online retail. That's crazy. It's ridiculous. Considering the fact that, you know, and we were talking about this a little bit before, it's like, you know, if I go and I buy a pair of Nike shoes on Amazon, I can buy the same shoes on, you know, Macy's, on Nike's website, at, at Dick's, at, uh, you know, probably East Bay. Is that still around? Is, is the East Bay catalog still out there? They're not in the top 10, that's that, for sure. <laughs> so you look at this and you see that they're selling the same products as everybody else, but somehow they are that avenue where everybody said, this is what we're going with. So even a place like if Macy's can't compete with those no. kind of products, if Kohl's can't compete with those kind of products, you know, what chances do you have? And the answer is, well, you've got to be selective of where you're selling your product. You for know what sure. I mean? And I've seen the model where, you know, people, you know, you might charge a little more if your product's going to be on Amazon. Yeah, you might you put your to. shirt for 25 on Amazon if you're selling it on your own site for 20 because you're going to make up, you know, that difference in, you know, Amazon fees and shipping fees and, you know, the free returns they offer. Amazon's really made the customer king as for far sure. as dealing with their uh, um, online sales, which is, which is great for the customer. And trust me, I love getting my prime shipments too, but as a, as a seller, it can turn into a nightmare really quick and to manage inventory, to account for, uh, absorbing the costs of return shipment fees and everything else like that. It can be, it can be scary when you're diving in. And and we've had a, a point where some of our retail sales, we've, we've had these flashes where the product starts selling really good. And then we're like, wow, now we got to ship these out. And not only do we have to ship these out, you know, quick, but it's got to be by the end of the day. And if you run out of inventory, that person's still expecting their, their, their product because, um, that's the Amazon way. And that's, I think why Amazon is so successful. I mean, they, they, they stick to those high standards where you have to get that out by the end of the day or else the customer, we get a lot that come through where it's like next day ship, second day ship. If you don't have that stocked up, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're playing by their rules, which is, which is the, you know, that's the compromise you make for having an audience. You know, if Phil says 54% of all retail sales are coming from that site, I almost feel like you have to have your stuff on Amazon if you want to be relevant at all, especially if you're a small, uh, small fish like we are. I mean, if you talk small fish, giant pond, they're your giant pond. You know, they, they have, you have to be in that mix if you want to even be considered in that conversation and, you know, maybe something sticks, maybe you get a good following, but you really got to build up your, your reviews and you got to build up your, your customer interaction because a few of those knocks on your account are really going to hurt you long-term. And it's going to make sure that your product's not being shown, uh, when people are looking for something specific to what you offer. Now, do you think that's a, uh, see, I think it's a good thing, obviously for the customer, because the customer is able to go on Amazon and they're able to get the best products, whatever has the best review, that's what they're going to go for. Right. Right. I mean, it's good for the customer. And in long term, I think if you're willing to grind it out and, and, and 
get with it, then it can be really good. I mean, we don't have it. We can't pretend that this isn't the elephant in the room. The, the, the guy who left the company has yeah. made a, a really good career for himself selling products on Amazon. Yeah. That was, that was his thing. That's what their company does. And they do a really good job of it. So it's, it's obviously out there and this has all been in the course of what, six or seven years that yeah. they, they saw that explosiveness. So they, they captured an audience and they've been running with it. So we know it can happen. These aren't just these stories done. of, uh, flash in the pan things it can, it can happen, but you know, we're in a situation where we also have custom orders for our, our internal customers that, you know, we can't neglect because we're trying to make a name for ourselves in the online atmosphere. You know, they have to be taken care of too. So it's kind of like a catch 22. You know it what really I mean? is. It's a double-edged sword because when you're, you have to find a good balance because I know there's certain days where we have plenty of Amazon orders we have to get out. And then we also have customers that want their custom orders. And it's like, where do you find that balance where you want to, you know, you have to please both. And especially, you know, with being in a small town like this, I want to keep the customers happy around here. Yeah. That's our number one goal. I mean, we're, we're, that's our, that's our bread and butter and that's what's gotten us to where we are. So, I mean, we really need to focus on that too, but you know, there's, there's this whole, you know, when you start getting into the Amazon thing, you're going to have to make sure you're, you know, we have to, every photo we take of our apparel, we have to have a graphic designer come in and clean it up, make sure it fits the parameters and that the keywords that they're entering when the product gets listed is working. We have to review those on a regular basis. So the, the cost of doing that can be overwhelming sometimes. So it's not just the fact that, you know, hope it goes on to Amazon and hope that somebody buys the product. It's, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that need to be done ahead of time before that product can even be listed. So you want to talk about wearing a lot of hats. Now, if you're selling a product, you're going to have to take pictures of this product. You're going to have to clean it up. You're going to make sure it looks good when people go onto your listing and see it. So now you're dealing with a whole team where if you're just a one or two man operation, that's going to be very time consuming. Whereas if you're doing your Shopify store or any other platform that you want to sell on, those, those, uh, those parameters or those restrictions may not be as intense. So you can get away with uploading a photo from your phone and now that's right. your product. And that's kind of where, you know, eBay comes into play because eBay is another, you said they were second on yeah, that list. Yeah, they're second on the list at 23.7% of the market, which surprised me. Yeah. And they've always been a, they were kind of the, they were around well before uh, Amazon, Amazon yeah, and they were sure. always kind of the, you know, you could, it was the auction thing. It was, you could get stuff cheap if you, if you did it right. You Remember know that, uh, it, yeah. The, uh, eBay store from what movie was it? 40 year old virgin. <laughs> oh yeah. When he was, uh, selling his, uh, used action yeah. figures and, uh, you know, they had a whole, and there used to be a lot of those eBay stores around I know, yeah. where people would package it and list it for you. And those have really, I haven't seen one in years, no, but no, they, they were down. popping up probably in the early, I would say like mid two thousands, you saw a lot of them. And, and it's people crazy. were it's just starting crazy a business to, based off that. Yeah. And it's just crazy to think how much things have changed since then. I mean, it's in a very short crazy. amount of time. You look at the, the, how did things change from, you know, and, and, you know, I just got done watching the, the last season of stranger things, stranger yeah, the se season three. Okay. So that was all about, you know, the malls shutting down, you know, you know, they yeah. had the mall that went into Hawkins and now it was kind of showing how it drove small town business 
out of out of competition. They yeah, were they were sure. shutting their doors. And now we've seen the exact opposite thing happen with, you know, now the malls are being shut down. It's closing. Because of what Amazon and online platforms are doing. But there is still an opportunity for small business in these niche markets to actually bring some retail. I mean, we're, we're a clothing retail store in a very small town. You would not think that we would be able to survive. You know, you see a lot of them in, you know, bigger places, bigger markets like, you know, Royal Oak or Birmingham or, you know, Ferndale, those are areas. And even Detroit's having a revitalization of For sure. uh, retail commerce downtown, you know, with stores like John Varvato's coming in and, you know, these are higher end stores and they're going back to the towns now, but they're their own flagship stores Mm -hmm. or it's your unique boutique retailer who can offer, you know, five or six different products because people still like to go and they like to buy things. They like to touch and feel and see what they're getting. Amazon makes it, you know, hard to be competitive. So you really got to come with your A game and you got to be, you know, you got to be pounding your audience with email blasts and giving them the deals and making sure you're taking good care of them when they come in and you better have what they're looking for because the one time you don't, they might go to Amazon and they might never come back. Right, exactly. Because that's me personally. I'm not a huge online shopper. I've, I use Amazon from time to time, but I still like going into the store. And Amazon only in that same article, it only makes up for 5% of all retail. So even though it's such a big number of the online sales, it still is only making up 5%, which is huge. Sure. Of all retail. To be one, per, to be one entity doing that. Right, yeah. exactly. It's still huge, but people are still going out and shopping. And I think people are, like you said, those shops are being revitalized now. That's what people like to do. They like to go shopping at those little shops. And I think it's easy for us to say like, you know, cause we have this retail store and I always wonder, can it, could it survive if we weren't doing the custom printing end? And I don't know what the answer is to that because we would obviously dedicate a lot more resources to trying to get people through the door or maybe making a unique online shopping experience where people would go to our store because it's unique stuff that they can't get anywhere else. But I don't think we as a retailer could necessarily survive long-term without the custom printing aspect of it. So that's where we kind of are um, ahead of the game. But what I see a lot of the times, which doesn't make any sense to me, is when I see a retailer come into a situation and open a store and they have no plan for how to even enter the online market. Like that to me is is a huge, huge deficit coming into it because we know how hard it is to build an audience, especially if you're not in an area that has a lot of walk-in traffic. Like you should have, to me, your online store should be ready to go and ready to roll out before you even open your doors. And I don't care if you're just selling, you know, a, a t-shirt with your, uh, with your store's name on it, like have some sort of online component. And I just see it too often and I'm like, you're missing out. You're not, if you're, if you're entering a retail end of your business and you're not selling online, what are you really doing? You, I mean, you're not going to go very far. I think you're destined for failure because to get, to rely on just strict, strictly on walk-in traffic is, is going to put you at a detriment for your business and the success for it long-term. So Anybody, anybody who's got the idea of let's go rent a building, open up the doors and hope people come in. I really encourage you to think twice about that and say, how do I create an online 
um, mechanism where I can sell my product and roll that out even before I think of getting into a retail store because there is so much you can do online that it almost seems like that should just be a almost like a showroom or or like a like a, a place to store your inventory and, and keep it ready to go for when those online sales start coming through and just to build some awareness. And trust me, having our, our retail store, it helps tremendously for any sort of, um, you know, photos we want to take. It's great for Instagram. It's a, great for making videos. Um, but we've seen how hard it is when we introduce new product to get it out there. If it's not a t-shirt, yeah. it's not selling that great. You know, we tried bringing the Yeti coolers into our retail store and my theory now at this point is anybody who wanted a $400 cooler has purchased their $400 cooler. I think cooler. you're I think you're right on that one, which that is crazy to me that anybody would pay that much for a cooler, but I I understand and like you said, it's it's something where people still do want to come in but also most of the time the first question is going to be like what's your website? Where can I go to see your products? They want to see it online. Yeah, and that's the thing and and that's a whole nother thing of maintenance and upkeep, but like anything else you're only going to get out of it what you put in. If you're, if you build it and hope they come, that method does not work anymore. And it never will from this point forward. We're, we're past that. Nobody's going to stumble upon you and you're not going to become the next success story. Um, no matter how good your product is, if you're not pounding the pavement and making sure that you're bringing good quality not just content, but good quality uh, customer service and you're leading the pack and you know, you're know you specializing in your niche, go for it. Don't be afraid to say, this is who I am and I'm not going to stray from that um, uh, model for my business. And, and that's what we're diving into right now, especially with the Primo line. It's like, okay, that's the product that we're printing now. You're not gonna come into the store and you're not gonna see the cotton t-shirt um, for sale. You know, the, the basic giveaway t-shirt is not what we're going to be bringing to our customers. And there's some people who might not like that. There's some people who are, you know, they made, they like that and there's going to be another place for them, but we're going to be that niche that says, this is the look that we want to bring to our customers. And I think any design that you're seeing with a logo, we de we deem worthy of printing on and bringing to you, you better believe that that shirt is going to be a good quality t-shirt that wears wears well, that holds its shape, and that feels good when you wear it. I want every new t-shirt you buy from us to be your new favorite t-shirt. Yeah, and I agree. I think it's something where, you know, we want to bring to you what we're passionate about, and that's what we like. We like the uh, we like the soft tri-blend vintage style tees, and I think it's the direction we need to go in because I think if we like it and we push it, because of that, I think the customers will hop on board. Well, at the, at the very least it's, it's, they know what we stand for. You know, they know it's a good quality product. They know what to expect when they come in and they, they, they get, they get used to it. And you're right. That's what we're passionate about. And that's what we're bringing to our audience. And you know, that's, that's, that's our niche. That's gonna, and that's what we're moving forward with. Um, but I mean, that's, those are just some of the struggles from dealing with this online market. It's a great, you have nothing but opportunity at your fingertips and it's out there for the taking. So figure out what it is you want to do to make your niche and to be relevant online in that space. And I think long-term, if you grind it out, I think it's going to work for you. 
I agree. I think that's the the biggest thing is just keep keep grinding, keep being persistent. And eventually, even though it can be discouraging at times, you'll you'll get there. So that's the Primo Podcast. As always, I'm Zach Hayes. And I'm Primo Phil. Where can you find us? Where can you find Phil? Uh, at Primo Phil on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, I am at Primo Tees. And on Instagram, you can find us at Primo USA. Check out Muskamoo. Check out Fam's Printing. We were putting out some great content. Uh, so we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.